0: You're listening to episode 129 of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, and today we will be covering the great question, why a ketogenic diet is always low-carb, but a low-carb diet is not always keto. Hey there and welcome to or welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. My name is Danny, I'm your host and on this podcast I am focused on sharing with you ways to increase your energy, decrease your stress, and save you time so that you feel empowered to go after the life you want. Today's topic is again in the realm of nutrition. I teased this a little bit at the end of episode 128, and I believe I've mentioned this topic of keto versus low carb being a frequently asked question. However, if I'm being super honest, it's more of an FAQ on my end when I am discussing nutritional approaches with current or potential clients during their consultations or during different sessions. I often find that Uh, People tell me they're doing keto or have done keto in the past or low carb has worked for them um, or, you know, they're doing whatever it is, Um, something's worked for them in the past. But once we dive into their definition of either keto or low carb, their understanding of it and their actual approach, we often find that their approach wasn't quite what they were calling it. So if you're curious about the questions that I ask to help clients clarify which approach is right for them, then make sure you get the freebie download for this episode by going to the link in my podcast details or show notes, enter your name and email, and you will get this downloadable PDF direct to your inbox. Super simple. Now, really, I do find more often than not that people cut out sugars and starches and say, I'm going low carb or keto. And I do want to acknowledge that some people may in fact be doing just that, but also you might just be cutting out added sugars and starches and labeling your nutritional approach incorrectly, even if you're reaching success with it. So I definitely want to clarify for y'all, I'm no way telling you that your approach is not working if you are actually seeing progress with what you're calling a low carb or ketogenic approach, but you may realize after listening to this episode that your approach doesn't actually meet the traditional definitions of either low-carb or a ketogenic diet. Okay, my purpose here today is simply to educate and give you the tools to make better decisions and have better discussions around your health. If you do find that after listening today, you have labeled your approach incorrectly, then no big deal. You can simply start referring to your current approach as what it is. And if it's working for you or if it's not working for you, then perhaps you can make a tweak so that you're actually doing the correct approach that you want to do. So let's dive into the meat of this. Traditional definitions here. Um, And I do know that this varies per person and depending on your genetics and your lifestyle and so many things, but I want to give you a basis of understanding for each traditional ketogenic and traditional low carb. So a traditional ketogenic nutritional approach. This means out of the total amount of calories you intake per day, 70% of your calories are coming from fats. 20 to 25% of your total calories are coming from proteins, and 5% or less of your calories are coming from carbohydrates. You can see by hearing or looking at the percentages that this is a low carbohydrate approach, 5% or less. Other definitions of a ketogenic diet may state that less than 30 grams of carbs or less than 50 grams of carbs will keep you in a state of nutritional ketosis. And again, this is going to be different for everyone, but the best way to truly test and see if what you are eating is, or, or drinking, is keeping you in a state of ketosis, my recommendation would be to do a a blood test prick. And you can order those on Amazon. Like, just like you would do maybe for an, the insulin prick, you can just do a quick blood test. So you can test the, st- your body's state of ketosis by blood, breath, or urine. It is very common to see people using those pee sticks, I wouldn't put a ton of faith in those simply because if you are showing that you have ketones in your urine, that doesn't, it's not necessarily indicative of the ketones in your bloodstream. So that's just my recommendation. Take it or leave it. If you're testing it via breath or urine and you find that it's accurate, it's working for you, you're seeing results, then by all means, keep doing what you're doing. I don't want to stray anybody from making progress. Now to switch over to low-carb information, the Mayo Clinic provides the definition of a low-carb diet being restricted to 20 to 60 grams of carbohydrates per day. Among the number restriction, generally you'll see restrictions with grains, starchy vegetables, and most fruits. In contrast to the carbs you would limit, you would want to consider eat, like increasing your fibrous vegetables and high-fiber fruits like berries and pears in order to keep your volume of food high and your total calories and your net carbohydrates low. Not to side tangent too far, but if you're curious about what net carbohydrates are, that means your total carbohydrates in a food or meal minus the fibrous carbs or and or sugar alcohols. Personally, I prefer to have clients track for total carbs, but depending on your coach or your preference, you may choose to track net carbohydrates. So really, the biggest difference between the two approaches here is not so much the carbohydrate amount or even potentially the protein, though that also depends on the person and can vary as well. The biggest difference that we see here, and this is per typical definitions, is that a ketogenic diet really requires a high fat approach in order to achieve that state of ketosis. And if your proteins or your carbohydrates are too high while trying to achieve ketosis, then you won't achieve ketosis and you probably won't get into that fat burning mode or experience the benefits of those ketones like that mental clarity and the mental focus and that energy that's you know, coming from the ketones versus like caffeine energy or the carbohydrate quick source of energy. So the low carbohydrate approach is its not defined by that high fat component and thus you can have a high fat or high protein approach or just a high-fat or high-protein, low-fat approach with your low carbohydrates. So now that you have the basics of a ketogenic diet versus a low-carb diet and their traditional definitions, what you do with this information is up to you. But I hope you enjoyed this tidbit of information and you feel more knowledgeable of your current nutritional approach or with choosing a nutritional approach that is appropriate for you in this phase of life. Kind of thinking off the top of my head. If you were curious to figure out what you like, what your current intake was as far as calories, and then try to divide it down into the percentages, you gotta track. You really have to track whether you do it pen and paper or using something like MyFitnessPal, which is my preferred tracking method. I mean, take a couple days, take a week, and just track everything that you eat and start with looking at your total calories and then divide that out by percentages if you're looking for a specific low-carb or high-fat ketogenic approach. It really, you have to track to figure out what you're currently doing or you just won't understand. So if that's the phase that you're in and you're ready to dive deeper into tracking and really being specific about your intake, then I, I do recommend that you track. So (laughs) that's, that's what I have for you today. So I just want to thank you all so much for joining me on this podcast. I do want to remind you again that I have a PDF freebie for you with the definitions of the ketogenic diet versus a low carb approach, and a list of questions that will help you to better define whether or not the lifestyle is right for you or could be right for you in the future. I think it totally depends on your phase of life and what you're looking at as far as a long-term sustainable lifestyle versus a diet. So all you have to do here is head to the link in my podcast details or show notes, put your name and email in, and you'll receive the PDF download direct to your email inbox. Now, Next week, we are going to break briefly from nutrition and transition back into the financial fitness and stress relief side of things. As you may know, I have shared my journey to paying off about $15,000 of credit card debt, and I'm so close to this, you guys, and it's a little bit scary to say right now that I need to do this update next week because... I still have some money to pay off on my second of three credit cards. So this update's gonna be on my midterm strategies that I have had to work through in order to um, maintain properly paying off my credit card debt. And this is again for credit card two of three. It's definitely been a grind. As of today, I have about a thousand less than slightly less than a thousand dollars to pay off on that second credit card. So my goal is by the time i record a week from today i will have that second credit card totally paid off so i'll be able to share with you really what's kept me going because gosh when you when you kind of get into the groove of paying it off and it's a you have a set way you're it's a waiting game and that is a drain like you can see it written down on paper but it takes time. It just literally takes time. So I'm going to share more of that with you next week. I'm gonna So if you're, you're going through some similar struggles and strategies, if you have credit card debt, you need some encouragement to push through and just keep looking ahead, then next week's episode is for you. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you don't miss out. That is all for today. I will talk to you in the next episode. Have a wonderful week. Bye for now. I used to drink five to six espresso beverages a day. Yes, local coffee shops and Starbucks loved me. However, I also had a lot of stress and feelings of anxiety. I was tired of being tired and tired of being stressed. I mean, what kind of a life is it to drink excessive amounts of caffeine in order to function daily and then be so wired that you have to take way too many sleep-assisted supplements to fall asleep? So, What changed things for me? Prove it ketones. This powder that I shake up with ice and water has given me the natural energy I had been craving. The energy that kind of makes me feel like Wonder Woman because instead of my heart beating out of my chest, I feel laser focus and mental clarity to the nth degree. Yes, it's literally insane. (laughs) Best of all, I don't have to follow a ketogenic diet to continue receiving these awesome ketone energy benefits. I can just shake up my drink and conquer my day with energy that doesn't also bring along stress. So if you're curious, which I hope you are, then I invite you to watch a short video about this energy supplement at danny.experienceketo.com. Again, that's Danny, D-A-N-Y-E, dot experience keto, K-E-T-O, dot com. Seriously. I don't want to go a day without Pruitt Ketones.